1: everybody, And welcome to another edition of Dice Tradecast on Roto Viz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire, Indeed, and Bet Online. Week 10 is in the books. We're creeping closer to the playoffs and fantasy. We're creeping closer to trade deadlines. Might have to have a trade deadline show coming up in the next week or two, Dan. But week 10 in the books, and this season has been a rookie bonanza. Uh, Ryan tweeted last week, I'm not sure if it holds true, but I'm guessing it does, that the rookies so far this season have been the highest scoring rookies ever. Now, a lot of that contributes to the fact that there are a lot of starting quarterbacks currently in this class, and they're all performing fairly well. But we have decided this evening, we are going to be doing a full episode of Rookie or the Vet to honor this extremely ridiculous rookie class
2: you gotta hit him you gotta hit him with it one quick one
1: <laughs> rookie rookie on <of> the bit
2: <laughs> oh god every time it just I, I can feel it deep down in the plums you know uh yeah we we are approaching playoff time rapidly uh sfb is looking good i know we don't bring it up all that often but former champion i should probably talk about it here and there nine and one and I am in hashtag nice place currently, 69th overall. Uh, auto I don't know, a couple trillion people. So I know you were doing well for a while. Are you still hanging in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I am at the points thing because I, I don't know how to use the, the find function on, on SFB, <laughs> but I, I have two losses. They got like 1,700 points. I don't know what, yeah. what, where that puts me, but I'm guessing it's like in the top 100 or so.
2: Yeah, you're probably like 80th, probably just a little bit behind me. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Scott Fish again, as always, for doing all of that and raising tons and tons of money for Toys for Tots as we approach this lovely holiday season. Yeah, Rookie or the Vet, I'm excited. We don't get to do the big ones all that often anymore. We we got all corporate and serious and sold out and everything. So um, this, these are fun. I, I really enjoy these.
1: All right, so Rookie or the Vet, for those that are new, like Chance said, it's been maybe a couple months since we've done this. We pit a rookie versus a vet. Um, it's a very complicated concept, but <laughs> we, we will delve into the values of both players in the comparison and decide which one we would prefer Now, we do have one quarterback here, and so we always say that we are talking about Superflex because there is some variation in one quarterback values or Superflex values when you're comparing the individuals. Not much in the specific scenario where we're about to start with, but it does matter a little. So let's start off with Justin Herbert as the rookie or the vet, Josh Allen.
2: Rookie or the vet, Daniel. Well, I mean – for starters, just to talk about Justin Herbert, and I know the conversation will kind of revolve around Herbert, but I mean, he has absolutely looked apart. He comes into an offense that is starting to put the pieces together. They're not fully healthy. Uh, they really are never fully healthy as the Chargers, you know, ever are. But every week, he just he looks more and more poised. He makes all of the throws. He's also a little bit, I think, more a little more athletic than I would have thought. I, he does not run as much of late, but um, when he does get away and he gets outside the pocket, he he makes pretty good use of his legs. Um, and obviously being pitted against Josh Allen, that's that's a big part of Josh Allen's game. He's essentially the heart and soul of the Buffalo rushing offense because that those running backs just really aren't that great. Also, their running scheme is kind of bun. So Justin Herbert is on some sort of crazy pace. Uh, four rookies and and like you talked about when we opened that the rookies have just been scoring points uh, just like bats out of hell. Um, Herbert's got 19 touchdowns on the season already and only six turnovers. We don't really see that all that often with rookies unless you're talking about the you know like the super elite. So I really do think we have to have Justin Herbert propped up in the top end of, of the QB1 conversation. We're not talking about you know the Patrick Mahomes area, Kyler Murray, but I think after that, after those two, and, and I think we can still probably keep Lamar in that conversation, I think once you get beyond those three, Justin Herbert has a real strong case to be in that spot uh, in any one of those next few few areas. And the same with Josh Allen. He, he started this season out for heads. I mean, he he was making all of the throws aside from the couple of lame ducks he threw in, in I think, the first two games. But he's been using his legs, scoring tons of touchdowns. That offense, uh, as far as the pass catchers go, with Stefan Diggs and John Brown, give him all he needs for pass catchers. So uh, I think I'm probably taking Justin Herbert because I do think he is genuinely a great, if not elite, quarterback. Um, the only thing I wish we had more from the fantasy perspective was a little bit more on the ground. But it's, it's really hard to nitpick there with Justin Herbert.
1: Yeah, these two are back-to-back in QB points per game. Got Josh Allen at QB 5 and Herbert at QB 6. And the reason why I tend to lean Justin Herbert for this comparison is that we've seen bad Josh Allen. And bad Josh Allen rears his head every once in a while. Uh, You know, he he did have a pair of games, uh, or actually four straight games, uh, with 16, 15, 16, and 20. Twelve, so it had a bit of a rough stretch comparatively to his other games where he was scoring 30 points per game, basically. And granted, I'm not saying that we'll never see bad Justin Herbert, but I think that when we see bad Justin Herbert, it won't last four weeks in a row or it won't be as bad as Josh Allen's bad. Now, I think that Josh Allen's great is going to be better than Justin Herbert's great, but... I just, I'm, I'm taking the floor here with the rookie quarterback, and also, you know, slight age difference, but also, I, I like
2: weapons more. In eh,
1: actually, the
2: weapons are comparable. Yeah, I think the weapons are pretty similar. And we always talk a lot about, um, about you know, great, great players aren't necessarily great fantasy assets, and great fantasy assets aren't necessarily great players. I think here is one of the spaces where you have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert and a mediocre quarterback has big time play, big play ability and big time rushing ability. So you're like, you mentioned the ceiling, the ceiling is everything for Josh Allen and he's been hitting it like crazy this year, but the floor is much lower. And I don't know if we can call any of this established floor for Justin Herbert yet, but if we're seeing established floor here at like, 275-2 and consistently and not turning the ball over, I mean, you're not... The floor isn't that for Josh Allen.
1: For sure. All right, let's go on to the running backs. We have DeAndre Swift or Miles Sanders, rookie of the vet, Swift the rookie, Miles Sanders the vet. I will start us off here. This one is one of the more tough... Actually, honestly, I think the the rookies, uh, the running backs are tougher than the wide receivers and the ones we, we made today, but... With Swift versus Sanders, I think these are very comparable levels of talent. I, I think that Swift has the slight edge from a talent perspective, but I, I think that Sanders just has more of a you know lockdown on that RB one role, and I don't see Boston Scott or anybody infringing on that role. And I, I, I think that the Lions could invest as a, at an RB two sometime soon. You know, it's just obviously not going to be there next year. Um, I, both these guys are great. I think they're both, you know, top 10 dicey running backs. But I, I think that it's a little bit safer on the side of Miles Sanders.
2: See, the, the thing for me with Miles, and, and I know plenty of people who have watched the show know that I've never really been a huge fan of Miles Sanders. Uh, it's the it's the square peg and a round hole thing. I think he's an elite pass catcher. I, I truly believe you get that man in space, get the ball in his hands, and he's one of the best, if not the best, in space, in the league. The problem for me is between the tackles. They keep trying it. They're trying to push the 20-carry thing on him. He's not super efficient. Yes, Philly's line has been all over the place with injuries and, and whatnot. But it, to me, if if we can limit him on the ground to, like, 10 or 12 carries and then get him, like, eight targets, I mean, now we're talking, like, Alvin Kamara type, where right now pushing 20 carries and – four targets, you know, he's not able to do much with all of that. So for me, and this is weird because I've never, I wasn't a, a swift guy because of landing spot. I I believed in the talent for swift. The Detroit lions thing always has thrown me off. I don't know why there's something in my brain that tells me stay away. Um, I think I roll swift here. I, I feel like he's more of a, of a true three down back. Whereas Sanders, like I said, elite pass catcher, Swift can do it all. Um, I would love to see Sanders be able to turn into a between the tackles guy and and show everybody wrong. I just, I don't really see it with him. Um, I think they're very, very close. It'd be hard to trade one for the other, honestly, but I think I go Swift here. Um, I think Philly will look, in the future not boston scott or whoever the hell else they have but look in the future to get someone that can grind two down work um and and take up some carries because i think they finally are starting to maybe realize a little bit that miles sanders is an elite player in this league and uh using him between the tackles a little less and more through the air seems like a a pretty decent idea to me
1: and Obviously, you said that you've been fading. You were fading Swift during the rookie draft process. Where are you at on him now? Do you, do you have him in your top? If you were doing a uh, ranking running backs, would you have him in the top ten? Is that a little premature? Because what we've seen on his good weeks this year have been like RB one overall ability.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you you pair ability with and we chase some volume. You no, know? we finally got to see him with a little bit of volume this week, and I mean, he he looked like you would expect him. I think you've got to have him. He's definitely on that fringe, if not inside of it, of that top 10. I think he's a fringe RB1 in most cases. But uh, once you get into that, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Aaron Jones, uh, JK Dobbins, you know, Josh Jacobs, I guess, at this point, probably still in that type of conversation. I think that probably rounds out your, your back half of that, you know, that 10. And, you know, um, Swift is probably ahead of, like, CEH. He's ahead of Dobbins. I'd probably take him over Aaron Jones. So, yeah, I think that top 10 is definitely there for him.
1: All right, let's move on to another running back pairing, and we have the rookie Antonio Gibson and the veteran Kareem Hunt. Your thoughts?
2: Gibson was a guy that I, I again, I, I ended up with a couple of shares because he fell in drafts, but... Someone I saw more as as a pass catcher than a between the tackles runner. You know, he, he's he's a he was a wide receiver, and we've seen him kind of seamlessly make this transition as a runner, getting workloads all over the place, whether it's twelve carries or twenty carries. We've seen him do pretty much all of it and be pretty damn successful with it. I think he's he's an RB one on the season, isn't he? He's like RB ten, something like that. He, he's RB twelve. Okay, so yeah, I mean, he's for again fringe RB. In RB1, he's, he's getting a little bit of work through the air. I thought they would have him more involved. But again, it's Washington. They don't like to do things and use their good players. They they like to just randomize and run with it. So I think Gibson here is a very, very interesting one. If you were to just put the guys side by side and, and just have a completely objective say uh, on it, I would probably go Kareem Hunt. I think that he is is the more gifted player i think he's a better all-around running back but right now you know he's got to fight off chubb for carries and and you know looks. and
1: he he's signed the extension like i know this wouldn't be a conversation if he hadn't signed that extension and and the crazy part is that chubb comes back and he still gets plenty of work he gets 104 rushing yards 28 receiving yards like it's not like and like is, is baker mayfield just gonna be like a 12 pass attempt guy the rest of his career like
2: yes <laughs> He's turning into Kirk Cousins.
1: <laughs> so, like, I, I agree that it, if he didn't have the extension, I this isn't a conversation. But I think that Gibson is just more likely to get the volume here. And, and I'm chasing that volume. So I, I think I'm going Gibson here. But it's so close because I know how much better I think Hunt is. But Gibson has the age and Gibson has the role.
2: Yeah, I mean, short, short-term short volume chasing isn't a bad thing when you're talking about running backs because once you get some points out of them, you can probably turn and sell them for more than what you received them for anyway. So I think, you know, I, I like you, we just talked about the extension, if, if Hunt hadn't signed and all of a sudden we see him land in Pittsburgh in six months, eh, think about a move like that. That's That immediately puts him in a top eight or ten running back position, and I don't think we're putting Antonio Gibson anywhere near that so, yeah, I think as it stands today, I think we kind of have to take Gibson just because of volume. That doesn't mean that Hunt's going to lose value or, or he's not going to be used in Cleveland. He's still going to catch plenty of passes. He's still going to get any of extra work that, you know, they have to take Nick Chubb out for. But believe that Nick Chubb is going to be the workhorse back. He's going to get still some work through the air. But, yeah, I mean, they're still both going to score points. They, they have a real shot of both being RB1s on average. As far as average points go, not overall points because of the injury, but. Yep. All right. Now let's hear from our friends over at Indeed. 2020 already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates who resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, which makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Total visits. Again, that's 73% of online job seekers. So it's clear Indeed can help you with quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the Rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRadio at checkout or by going to Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can write and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, of biz Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Our next rookie of the vet matchup will be... T. Higgins from Clemson, now with Cincinnati Bengals, the rookie against Kenny Galladay of the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay has battled the injury bug a bit this season. Uh he's the wide receiver 72 overall right now, but averaging 13.1 points per game. And he had basically four games where he's played. Obviously, Galladay, one of the more talented wide receivers in the NFL, just hasn't been healthy. Whereas T. Higgins has been healthy and has been playing with his Rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, and I'll start with this one. I will say that while I I don't want to dismiss Gallada here, I'm not sure why anyone would take him over Higgins here, other than you know just not seeing enough from Higgins yet. But I've seen plenty. Uh, I think that we've we even myself who I probably had him as like wide receiver three uh, after the draft process. I think I was really undervaluing him at this point. And so with, with Higgins, uh, he's just been that good, and I think he's going to be a top top ten, top twelve dynasty wide receiver as soon as January, and I think he'll be over Galladay as well.
2: Yeah, I think you talked about this maybe a couple of weeks ago. I think we would probably have been talking about Galladay, um, but we've talked about T Higgins quite a bit on the show, and and he's definitely somebody that I've I've really liked for quite some time. Uh, I will say in an argument for Kenny Galladay that he does have a little bit of a proven track record. 2018 and 2019 were both pretty strong. He had 1,000-yard seasons both those years. He had 11 touchdowns last year. And not uh, I don't think quite as much um, – there, there's not a, a whole lot of extra people there that are going to take work away from him. Marvin Jones kind of on the back half of his career. And TJ Hawkinson is really the only other guy that's going to pull targets away from Kenny Galladay. Uh, I, I do see Kenny Galladay as a true one in that system. Um, whereas with Cincinnati, you're still going to see some big weeks from Tyler Boyd. You're you're still going to have the running backs involved. Um, but Burrow seems to really like having T. Higgins. He's loving targeting him. I, I think I think he's had a couple a um, couple hundred yard games now, and really consistent targets down the line. I mean, you're talking about 61 targets on the year and five was his fewest, and that was versus Cleveland, and he took all five for five catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. So he's been very efficient. Burrow's been good. Um, I do think you have no choice but to take Higgins here. I will say, though, that if Galladay comes back and is healthy, and we keep seeing what we saw last year, and even in a couple of games this year, if we continue to see him, and Stafford had struggled early, but uh, he's starting to come around again as well, so and, and um, Galladay stays on the field, I think this becomes much closer. The real big issue for me is, is that I didn't realize Kenny Galladay was 27 years old. Holy cow. Uh, that, that is everything to me. I mean, you're talking about six years. T. Higgins doesn't turn 22 until January. so not, I mean, not, I'm not six full years, five and a half, let's say. So that's massive, and T. Higgins is already doing it as a 21-year-old.
1: Yep, and I'm looking, and it doesn't look like he has signed his extension yet. So, would that make him a pending free agent? Let me look. One, two, three. Yes. Uh, Yes, yes, he's a pending free agent here. So, obviously, the the success of DeAndre Hopkins and stuff to Diggs has kind of cooled some of the, you know, scaredness of, you know, a pending free agent wide receiver. But also, I I doubt that Galladay ends up leaving Detroit. They they don't have enough to be able to let go top players like Galladay. Right. Let's move on to Justin Jefferson, the rookie, or Chris Godwin, the vet. Um, we were going through, I asked the Twitter sphere for veteran comparisons from values for all of these. And um, the one that stuck out to me with this one was Chris Godwin, um, because Dan, uh, out of the list that we were given, and I don't have it in front of me, Dan was saying that Je- Jefferson was easily over all of them, including. Chris Godwin, so I had to b- bring him here, and I will start off by saying I prefer Chris Godwin. I-, I think that they're both fine. You can call me a homer all you want, but Chris Godwin. Eventually, people have been telling me for years that the Bucks are going to cut Mike Evans. So when that happens, Chris Godwin's going <laughs> to get like 300 targets because Antonio Brown's not going to last past 2020. So. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that the Chris Hobbins is the future in Tampa. He's going to be a guy who gets 150, 160 targets a, a year when he doesn't have, an, you know, a surplus of guys around him. And Jefferson's good, and I'm, I'm, I'm vaulting him up to, you know, that first or late first or early second round range as well. But I just prefer
2: Godwin at the stage. Sure. No, I mean, I get that, and we've seen Godwin do it. We I mean, with wildcard Jameis, he's doing it with Brady. Staying on the field, again, is, is, seems to be the issue when we're making these, making these assessments. And um, we, get, we don't really know the future with Tampa. I, I'm not really worried about who is going to be quarterbacking. I think Chris Godwin is a good enough player that uh, it doesn't really matter who they bring in. I think they'll either find a, a nice vet or somehow luck their way into a really good rookie some way, shape, or form. Or Tom Brady will just play until he's 60 and we'll have Godwin padding stats out there every single year so i do think he's the wide receiver one in tampa um antonio brown kind of throws a short-term wrench into those plans obviously mike evans is still living some weeks but the reason i i take justin jefferson man is there's there's something different about justin jefferson i know that's like not really good (laughs) analytics or like you know whatever but He's he's special. I, I I think Chris Godwin's a very good wide receiver. I think Justin Jefferson is special. I get Andy Moss tingles when I see him out on the field making plays. He's got the swag. He's got everything you want in a wide receiver. And uh, we just need Minnesota to open it up just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. But we we've seen some massive, massive games thus far from Justin Jefferson. We kind of all thought that this might be the sleeper wide receiver in, in the draft of the big names because no one really knew what LSU you know, was last year. Was it an anomaly? Was it just a stack of wealth? And it turns out, I think, that it was just a stack of wealth. All of those players are very good football players, and we're starting to see that in the NFL now. So uh, Jefferson's had four games over 100 yards. The touchdowns haven't been there as much, but – you know, we we always we always look for you know for things to correct themselves. He's only had three on the season, but the Vikings haven't exactly been a pass happy offense. We did see Adam Thielen catch two this week, so there are little signs of life, I guess, through the air. They've also won three straight, so maybe this team is starting to figure it out again. Um, and honestly, another big reason I'm I'm taking Jefferson, even though I think they're both really good players. Three years, man. Jefferson doesn't turn 22 until June, and Godwin turns 25 in February. Three years, that's a lot of time. <laughs> this disease is great. I thought I was the ageist on this podcast. Um, I'm so not too, but like that's just another thing that adds to it. It's weird. I, I I just I can't I can't with Justin Jefferson. He's gonna be like a top five wide receiver for me by the end of the year if he keeps making these fools. Did they just look so bad when they try to guard him?
1: All righty, let's move on to. The electrifying Chase Claypool, the rookie from the Pittsburgh Steelers, against Obell, Obell, Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Odell ru- Beckham He's ruining my rosters, Odell um, Beckham Jr. Uh, obviously out for the season, has had his struggles in Cleveland, slash his end of his tenure in New York. And Chase Claypool has had no struggles in Pittsburgh. Uh, has had some big weeks um, already in in his early in his, you know, rookie season. Now I am learning through the Twitter sphere that Chase Claypool is being valued much higher than I thought I valued him. Um, People were tossing out Julio Jones and Mike Evans and other names in this, this comparison. I I think I lean OBJ here still. Um, I'm, I'm fine getting burned once again by OBJ. I think it's bound to happen again. But I haven't seen enough from Chase Claypool to say that guy is a number one wide receiver, or that guy is you know a long term wide receiver too. Like I don't think he's better. I don't. He's definitely not better than Juju, and I'm not sure if he's better than Deontay. And I don't even like Deontay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and you know we still there's signs of life being shown from James Washington. Pittsburgh is just kind of a gong show, man. You never really know who's going to show out. Uh, It's it's a little bit a little bit of this and a little bit of that every single week. So we, you know, we we can struggle to to kind of pick and choose when when teams are stacked like this. I mean, they legitimately have three very good wide receivers and one still pretty good one in James Washington. So um, it's a it's a weird spot. I want to take Odell, but I just the profile of Chase Claypool, man, the size, the speed. He has everything that you look for in a in an alpha wide receiver. Yes, they still have Juju, but Juju kind of runs the slot. Deontay can kind of play anywhere. Claypool, I feel like, is gonna dominate the red zone for Pittsburgh for years to come, or at least until Ben retires, which we've been talking about for five years now. So uh I think the one negative with a, Pittsburgh, and B, Claypool is just a little bit of inconsistencies, whether it's usage or actual on-field play. I don't feel like Claypool – and, again, he's a rookie. We can't harp on him too much for it. But I don't feel like he's been super consistent yet. He's been very good when he's been very good, and he's been a complete ghost when he hasn't been. So I think it's probably smart to lean Odell because there's a lot of question, there's a lot of question marks on both sides. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like even though from a value perspective, Odell has kind of gotten us for a while, I feel like he always still puts up pretty good numbers. And at the end of the day, that floor is worth quite a bit. So I think I'm still leaning Odell here.
1: Let's wrap up the show with one last rookie of the vet. Rookie! (laughs) Rookie of the Vet I love it. Rookie of the Vets. Rookie Brandon Ayuk or Will Fuller, Houston Texan. I will start us off with saying that I might be getting a little too excited about Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> like I he was a guy who finished Twitter undervalued. He he went lower in rookie drafts than he went in the NFL draft as a first round NFL draft pick. And that is the profile that makes for my dicey rosters. So if you look at my dice rosters, they're filled with guys. Who went higher in the NFL draft than they did in rookie drafts, and that's the profile for Ayuk. And he's just been showing out early, have some, been having some huge games, but he's been used as a weapon. We I mean, this goes back like five or six years. Our love for, for Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has a toy in Brandon Ayuk, and he is just making his toy <laughs> do everything he wants. Like I didn't see Debo Samuel doing what he did in his, his rookie season. You know, with his versatility, and I certainly didn't see from it. I thought Ayuk would be just a deep threat for for Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Mullins or whoever it is, and he's so much more than that.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I I think he's definitely more than a one trick pony. He's no Henry Ruggs, right? He he doesn't just run real fast. Um, I think I definitely think Ayuk is going to be at least a strong receiver option for quite some time. He looks like he's got pretty much everything he could ask for. Um, I will still say that Debo is going to pull targets. He's going to be used. He brings a completely different aspects to the table and, and Shanahan, like you mentioned, loves to have all of his toys out there doing what they do. And he, he schemes around them. So I think, I think from, from that, when you look at Will Fuller, they're not going to be able to add anyone of, to really challenge his top end. Now we'll see what, contracts and everything bring, but they don't have any high draft picks. So we're not getting anyone with draft capital in here. Maybe they bring in a free agent. Maybe he walks. Maybe he goes somewhere worse. Maybe he goes somewhere better. Some uncertainties there, right? So he's been, when healthy, one of the best in the NFL. I think he's probably a fringe wide receiver one if you could count on his health. Maybe higher. And I don't think I could ever put Brandon Ayuk in that conversation. So I think I'm going Will Fuller here just because right now he's a wide receiver one and what's turning into a, a pretty decent offense when they show up uh, and being connected to Deshaun Watson versus Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo or CJ Bethard to me is a big deal. Yes. Kyle Shanahan produces more to that offense than, um, than probably you can, you could just look at him and be like, Oh those quarterbacks suck. But I think I gotta go Will Fuller. I love the upside with Watson and the fact that no one else is really hurting him for for looks. The only thing that's gonna um hurt him is actually being hurt, no pun intended.
1: Yeah, and that's primarily why I go I go Ayuk, and I know that he's had his own injury issues at the beginning of the season as well. But I I just see as Ayuk is I think he has a similar ceiling to Will Fuller. But also at this stage, I think that he has a more secure role because he's going to be stuck with the Niners for at least the next four years. Who knows what the future holds for Will Fuller? So I'm, I'll take this, the more certain future in Ayuk.
2: But I, both these guys, I'm I'm very high on in, com- in comparison to the market. I think I think the fact that Houston was unwilling to trade him at the deadline, which he seemed like an obvious move, I, I think the fact that they were unwilling to trade him makes me believe that there's a contract extension in the works. I, I, I think he'll be back in Houston. I can't imagine they'll let him walk, especially after the whole DeAndre Hopkins debacle, uh, that crowd base would flip out and probably burn the building down. So uh, I think i I would say it's like a 75, 25. We'll see Will Fuller back in Houston, but I'm no insider. I'm no Adam Schefter.
1: No, you aren't, but you are, <laughs> but you are a better with Bet online.
2: True. Football is back in full swing, and you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, that
1: should wrap us up for a Rookie or the Vet-filled episode of the Nice Cast. We hope you enjoyed our talking about the rookies and their comparable veterans. We are approaching week eleven, and I think we're gonna do a trade deadline show next week.
2: That's for true. We got it. it's on the way, kids.
1: Cadoosh.